All right, you can go ahead and stay standing. Stay standing. We've started this semester a little bit differently here at AFC. We do something called the God's Child Yell. And what the God's Child Yell does is it reminds us of our identity. And our identity is this. You are God's child and you are loved. So what we're going to do is we're going to have you after, repeat after me, but you're going to do it with some, uh, with some energy so it works just right. All right? Are you ready? Yes. I am. God's child. God's child. I, am. I am somebody, somebody. because God, God don't make, don't make no, jump. no jump. Amen. 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 You can have a seat. I want to welcome all of you uh, tonight that, that don't know me. My name is Matt Schock and I work with the, the college students here at, uh, at AFC. And if this is your first time or if you've been with us for a while, we have these, uh, we have these announcement cards that are in the seats. Um, if you didn't get one when you came in, we have some more in the back. These announcement cards have a lot of information on them. We have a lot of stuff going on. And if I'm being completely biased, um, it's a lot of good stuff. It's a, it's a lot of good stuff. Um, see, what we try to do here is we try to create these environments where we can learn more about Jesus and fall more in love with him. And so uh, if we're putting it bluntly, we're Christians, and we're not ashamed of that at all. Here's the thing about being Christians. Sometimes, uh, sometimes some of the language we use, sometimes it's kind of cheesy. Sometimes some of our ling lingo is kind of cheesy. But at the same point in time, I think there's some Christian language in the Christian language that is very important. So tonight we have a video to go ahead and get started. And uh, I, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So if you'll roll that clip, Ty. Bless his heart. I think he's backsliding. I think I saw him drink. Yeah, but in moderation. I just wasn't seeing much fruit. He's going down a slippery slope. How's your heart, man? How's your heart? I'm just such a words guy. It was a total God thing. I'm blessed. I've been working on my testimony. Is that secular music? We're opening with a secular song tonight. Wait, is this a secular song? Isn't she secular? Which station's The Fish? 104.3 The Fish. Safe for the whole family. You know he's a believer. I think he's saved. I just pray you would give him traveling mercies. Mm. Pray for all Tyler's unspokens. Mm. Echo that. Just really like to echo Tyler's prayer, Father. I just, I echo that echo of my echo of his echo. I really feel like I'm being released from this, you know? I'm trying to be relevant. I'm just trying to be in the world, not of it. Hey, do you want to join our small group? You want to join my D group? You want to join my cell group? Community group? Access group? Accountability group? Acts 27 group? Dude, he brought it. He brought the word. That service last night rocked me. They're pretty purpose-driven. Yeah, it's seeker. Don't they do seeker service there? I feel like he's gotten really watered down. I don't feel like he really teaches the word. There's just not enough meat, you know? Are they non-denom? We have a great Wednesday night supper. Let's invite some dudes over and fellowship tonight. We're gonna have a sweet time of fellowshipping tonight. Dude, we had the sickest fellowship last night. We're going to extreme. Velocity. Ignite. Yeah, I'm going to ignite. The edge. The dive. The bridge. The ramp. Fire. Courageous. Passion. Echo. Reverb. Noise. Velocity. Drive. Elevate. Radiate. 722. 635. 419. Orange. Blue. Yellow. Green. Clear. Neon. Catalyst conference this year. I don't do that because I feel like it ruins my witness. Been struggling with that. Just, I'm really wrestling with that. I'm wrestling with a doubt. I need someone to hold me accountable. I'm really trying to be intentional with her. I'm pursuing her for sure. I'm trying to guard her heart. Guard her heart though, bro. Will you hold me accountable to that? Yeah, well bounce your ass. Bounce your ass. Dang it. Crap. Shoot. Sheesh. Frip. Darn it. What the H? Holy crap. Son of a beasting. Dude, he's really teeing me off. I'm gonna kick his A. Are you asking me right now? Not cool. I find that offensive.
and he sounds good, amen? <laughs> uh, some of the church lingo, don't get me wrong, some of the church lingo is cheesy. I get it, all right? But I think some of it is super important as well. Um, I think we, uh, at times, we, we don't put emphasis like we do on other things in our life, like we should put on the faith. For example, uh, an early childhood education degree is a degree that takes um, about four years to get, um, a little bit longer for, for some people, but takes about four years to get for an early childhood education degree, okay? This is to teach um, kindergarten or preschool through second grade. What's that? Birth through third. Okay, birth through third. Okay, so this is a degree where you have to go to school for four years, okay? started teaching in early childhood, you have to teach, uh, you have to teach the kids um, like shapes and, and naps and colors and all that kinds of stuff, right? But uh, as, as you progress, you start getting things as high as um, like reading, writing, and like basic arithmetic, right? Well, that's, the, that's, the, um, that's the idea. Now with all, the, with all the child psychology that goes on, with all the lesson plan training that should be done, like I think four years is like pretty adequate time to learn how to do this, right? Now, what about teaching Sunday school class? How many years of school do you have to go to teach Sunday school? Pretty much to teach Sunday school, you, uh, you can't be a sex offender, you have to love Jesus, and uh, you have to have a pulse. I mean, that's pretty much what it takes to, to get hired on to help teach Sunday school here. Now, I'm not bashing the church and how we do things. It's really, really hard to find volunteers. But what I'm saying is on some things in this life, we put an emphasis over our faith. We don't put, a, put as big an emphasis on the things that, um, that might matter to God, all right? So if, if I was asking every single one of you in the room, give me a list of your priorities. Give me a list of your priorities. We might get a list that looks a little something like, like this. Okay, so this, um, most everybody in this room in particular would say something like, yeah, definitely my faith, definitely God comes first, um, family and friends second school third, and then, and then these are arbitrary too. I mean, you could put work or exercise or whatever, like three through five are kind of interchangeable, right? This is, this is the thing most people would say. And as Christians, I think that's great. As Christians, like, I, I'm with you. This is a great list to aspire to, but does our day-to-day -day look like that? Does our day-to-day -day look like that? And again, like, I have a degree from New Mexico State. I get it. The Canvas notifications, they just keep coming. The assignments, they just keep coming. You're paying all this money to go to school here? Like, yeah, like, that should, that should be pretty high up the list. So when I hear, like, I have a bio, I have a bio test Thursday morning. I need to be there for that. Uh, I, I can't come to AFC. I'm just like, I mean, whether I agree or not, like, I get it. I get it. Okay, what, what about work? If you skip out on AFC to come to work, like, if you come to AFC, is Mac going to pay your, your electric bill? Like, no. Like, I can't do that. Like, sometimes we have to work. So these, these things start moving up the priority list. Um, and I know there's some people in the room that, that really like to work out. Now, now, depending on which magazine it is you're reading, men's fitness or whatever it is, um, there's kind of some debate. But like 45 minutes to an hour is generally what people say you have to get to get, you know, a good pump to get some good gains, right? But what if we looked at our, what if we looked at our spiritual lives like this? What if we said like, oh, I need at least, I need at least 45 minutes to an hour alone with God to like really get some, really get some gains today? Now, I want to be careful. And, and tell you, there's nothing in the Bible about how long you have to spend alone with God every day. But I think it's a fair question. I think it's, fair, it's a fair question to ask. And 
I don't want anybody to feel like a bad Christian. I don't want anybody to walk out of here um, feeling like they're not doing enough. And during this whole series that we're going to start, I don't want anybody to feel inadequate in what they know. But these are at least fair questions to ask. How much time am I spending on my faith? Can I define some of these words? What, what the heck is grace? And what's so amazing about it? What is, what is a testimony? Um, am I, if I, if I go to an unbeliever and the unbeliever says, I, I really want to know about God, do I have the knowledge now, have I put in the time to really be able to answer some of these questions? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at some of these words over the next few weeks. That if I had to guess, if we all sat down and had a conversation, probably more than half of, in this, half of us in the room would struggle with some of these words. Like, really, how do I define some of these words? Now, we, we're not going to get to all the, all the shoot Christians say, like, that's way too much. Like, I get it. But we are going to cover some of the big ones. We are going to cover some of the big ones. And, and to be honest, tonight's is... Tonight just isn't that fun. The word we're going to cover tonight just isn't that fun. Um, can you go on the slide? Tonight we're going to talk about sin. We're going to talk about the word sin. Short word, but Kevy, some pretty, some pretty heavy implications. And it's not really like a topic where I woke up this morning and I was like, yes. I cannot wait to come to AFC to talk to people about what sin means. In fact, as somebody that works at a church, like sin is kind of this scary thing that if you, if the word used incorrectly, it can be pretty damaging. Like I know some people who are not in the room tonight because of the word sin. They won't step into a church because they don't want to be judged for their sins. Um, I know people that don't even believe in the word sin. And how could a group such as a church support something that carries such a negative connotation as sin? But what if... What if tonight we looked at the word sin differently? What if we stopped looking at it as something that um, judges us and condemns us and, and, and brings us down? What if we started looking at something that if we were able to recognize it and, and through the power of God and through some, some spiritual disciplines on our own, if we were able to remove it, what if that was something that if we were able to recognize and remove from our lives, we could, we could live a more full life on this earth? What if we looked at sin a little bit differently? The dictionary.com uh, the dictionary.com reference right there says, um, any act regarded as such a tran transgression, especially a willful or deliberate violation of some religious or moral principle. And for the most part, I, I can get on board with that. I would be a little bit more specific and say it's something deliberately against God, the God of Abraham. Like I, would be, I would be very specific in, in who it is against. But for the most part, I'm on board with that definition. But to dumb it down a little bit tonight, just because I like this definition better, the first sermon point on your notes tonight is number one, sin is a separation from God. Sin is a separation from God. Your sermon notes might say between God and man. I don't know what it says, but the word is separation. Sin is a separation from God. So question, if that's our definition. The question is this, as a believer, uh, as a guy that works at our church, does your drinking habits really, does it really directly affect me? If you go out to Dublin tonight and you just get shellacked, does it really affect me in my day tomorrow? I unless you're a drunk driver and you run me off the road or something, you know, not, not really. Well, what, if you, what, if you, what if you look at porn every now and then or you're slightly to it? Well, does that really affect my day to day? Like, not really. I mean, not really. So why does the church... Or why, do, uh, why does the Bible, why do, why do crazy people that want to work at a church like myself, why do we think it's so important to talk about sin? First of all, 
It's because you're loved, and it's because you're cared for. And secondly, we believe that the most full life you can live here on earth, the best way that you can set yourself up for an eternity with God would be to, to try to remove any sin, anything that's keeping you from that God in your life. It's, it's one of the secrets to the good life. That's why Jesus talks about it so much. Not sinning is not the secret. Rather, closeness to God is the secret. And, and sin will sever this relationship with God. Sin will um, move you farther away from him. So, so why would I preach anything else other than wanting to remove that from your life? You see, you living a more or less morally astute life doesn't really affect me. Churches that love you, preachers that love you, spiritual mentors that love you, they'll preach war against sin, not for your sake, no, or not for our sake, but for your sake. Not for our sake, but for your sake, because, uh, you know, some people have preached this sermon to me before, and I've been very grateful because sin sucks. Sin sucks. Most everybody in the room would say, uh, would say relationship over religion, right? You'd say, oh, I'm not very religious. Um, um, I have a relationship with God. I'm a spiritual person. I'm like, okay, cool, like, like me too. That, that's pretty much my life too. I would say relationship over religion as well. But some of y'all, some of us, if we treat our relationship with, if we treat our relationships with our boyfriends or girlfriends kind of like we treat our relationship with God, you might as well get a one-seat moped, you might as well get a tiny one-bedroom apartment, you might as well get a table for one, and invest in Tinder stock, because there's no way, there's no way you're going to be staying in that relationship. If the time we spent with our, our with the time we spent with our um, couples, if with our, with our boyfriends or girlfriends was the same that we spent with God, be single. Be single. And so because college students like to relate things to dating, the dating topic is always like our favorite sermon of the of series, like of the semester. Let's talk about it. Let's relate it to dating. If, uh, if you do things against your partner, um, for the sake of tonight's sermon, let's say sin. <laughs> if you sin against your partner, if you, if you do things against your partner, what's going to be the result? A breakup, right? At the worst, a breakup. But there's ways to fight. There's healthy ways to fight. So, so sometimes when we have these fights, we say things like, like hey, like, this is why I'm upset. This is why I think you did wrong. Can we talk about it? I mean, it, it's kind of the same with God through um, conviction of the word, through uh, a song or somebody that holds you accountable. Like this can, this can happen too. The can we talk about it? Now the struggle comes in how we respond. The struggle comes in how we respond. Um, first, can I see what I did wrong? Do I admit wrong? And am I committed to changing? First step is the response. If you're really going to date God, if you're really going to enter into this relationship with God, if, if being a Christian is really something that we're serious about, there's something you need to know about him. First, he's always in the right. He's always in the right. That's his perfect divine nature. God is always in the right. But second, but second, he never forgets your need. He forgives you more than you deserve, and he's so far out of your league, it's not even funny. He's so far out of your league, it's not even funny, and yet he still wants you. Some scriptures that point to this are Romans 5, 8. It says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He wants you. 
even though you're sinners, he wants you. The next verse, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and he still wants you. See, I believe that's where, uh, I believe that's where the church gets it wrong sometimes. And if you've been mad at the church, if you've been wronged by the church because you feel like you might have been um, judged, like I, I get it, I believe this is where the church might have gotten it wrong because sometimes the church has a problem loving people with where they're at people with where they're out, how they came in the door. I think others have forgotten that we all sin. No man above another. Um, we've all equally wronged a perfect God. So the elder who's been coming to the church for 30 years and he's there every single Sunday, he is just as guilty as the 18-year-old freshman currently waging war against their liver with a natty light and butt ice. Like, it's, it's the same. It's the same. And I might be a little biased, but I think Aggies for Christ and our, our parent church, church, UCC, I think we do a great job of, of loving young people, of not being a judgmental place, of this safe place. But I'm saying you might have been hurt by the church in the past. You might have been hurt. And I know this topic sucks. I get it. I get it. I, I guess just what the worry is that if it came down to it, I'm not sure all of us could explain what sin is. And even more so, I'm worried that our sin doesn't devastate us like it should. Our sin should be heavy because of who it is we sinned against. I'm going to say that again. Our sin should be heavy because who it is that we sin against. There was a pastor who was, um, he was riding in the back of a taxi cab in New York City, and he was trying to explain to the, he was evangelizing to the taxi driver, right? And, the, and they were, he was trying to share the gospel with him and tell him about God, and the driver was just like, you know what, like, I'm on board with a lot of this stuff, I believe in God, but there's just, there's one thing I have a problem with, and that's just, why should my behavior, why should I have to behave a certain way to please God? What, what, why do I owe God that? So the pastor sat, and he thought about it, and he said, he said, okay, here's a, let me give you some scenarios. Sitting in, sitting in the back of this taxi cab, if I were to slap you in the face, right, right from behind, just smack you, in the, what would happen? The taxi cab driver, he responded, he said, uh, he said, well, first of all, I'm kicking you out of my cab. Secondly, I'm going to get out of the cab and I'm going to beat you up. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Like, that's, that's what I would do too. Second scenario, um, I'm walking down the street here in New York City and I, and I see a cop and I, and I slap him in the face. What's going to happen? And a taxi cab driver, he's like, oh, man, the 5-0 is going to be all over you. You're going to have, like, 50 fuzz just, like, beating the crap out of you. And then, uh, and then you're going to get arrested for um, police brutality. And that's going to be pretty hefty. That's going to be pretty hefty. And the pastor's like, okay, you're right. Like, I think I agree with that. And he, scenario number three, he said, what if by some wild chance I get right up next to the president of the United States? And I smack that guy right in the face. What's going to happen? Well, after... Republicans quit cheering, there's probably going to be a Secret Service agent that has his sniper right on that guy. He might get popped. He might get popped for hitting the president. If not, there's going to be a hundred Secret Service jumping on him, and then if he survives that, he's going to be arrested. I don't know, he might get arrested for an act of terrorism. He might get arrested for an act of terrorism for, for striking the president. And the pastor says, he says, yeah, I, I agree. So, so what you're saying is as we go up in importance, as we go up in, in authority, and people who have authority for us, the punishment gets worse, right? And the taxi cab driver, he starts to see where he goes with it, and he says, now what if, through your sin, every time you're sin, you're smacking the face of a perfect God? 
If God is who he says he is, the creator of the universe, this divine author of creation, and every single time you sin, you're slapping him in the face, what should punishment be? It's a fair question to ask, right? We just said there was that level of um, punishments for other authority figures. So if, if God is who he says he is, what should your punishment be? See, we, we made that list and we put them at the top of the priority list. We said God first, definitely faith. But then we, we stumble or we adjust the things that we do with our time or um, we sin, we mess up. Um, and I don't think all the time that we're sorrowful for what we did, that we wronged a God. So tonight, I don't, I don't want to make you feel bad. I don't want you to feel here just with this awful um, weight because you were judged. Rather, I just want us to think about the gravity of our sin. That way we can truly appreciate what happened there on that cross, what Jesus had to do on that cross. Um, there's an author with a quote that you've been reading for the past five minutes, but it says, uh, um, Jared Mulvihill says this, he says, the quickest way to lose the wonder of the gospel is to lose sight of the depth of our sin. Pretty much what he's saying is the quickest way to forget what God did for you is to, is to start forgetting the type of people that we are, the types of sins that we're committing. Our sermon point number two says this. He says, recognizing the gravity of our sin, gravity is the fill in the blank, helps us appreciate the sacrifice on the cross. Recognizing the gravity of our sin helps us appreciate the sacrifice on the cross. Our sin should wreck us. Our sin should wreck us. The psalmist, David, um, a man after God's own heart, he said it like this in Psalm 51. He said, for I know my transgressions. We have it on the next slide. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Can we just be honest? Tonight, can we just be honest? Can we look in the mirror and can we let sin kind of sit in for a second and be like, ah, oh, we're missing it. Can we let the gravity of our sin hit us just a little bit tonight? But tonight, we're not going to leave on that note. Tonight, we're going to leave on a positive note. Tonight, we're going to leave on a powerful note. Tonight, we're going to leave here with the wonder of the gospel in our eyes again. Because tonight, we're going to leave here celebrating what was done on that cross. Because tonight, we're going to nail our sins. We're going to nail the things that are keeping us from God right to the cross. See, I have... Uh, I have so many things, even as a minister, that I have to grind with day in and day out. Insecurities, jealousy, pride. The list could go on, but I don't have time. Tonight, Tonight, tonight I get to leave it right there. 
I recognize it. I'm going to leave it right there tonight. And if you want this same freedom, if you want this same peace that comes with letting some of this stuff go, um, we're all going to get the chance to do that tonight. Whatever is keeping us from a relationship with God, whatever is that deep, dark, nagging sin, that repetitive sin, or maybe it's just your shame, maybe it's your past, maybe it's something that you're not currently in right now, we get a chance to let that go tonight. So this is what we're going to do. I have another lyric video, a music video that we're going to play right after this, and there's going to be some pins that are passed down your aisle. And uh, we don't have enough for everybody, so you're going to have to share, but I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the things that are, are, are really harming that relationship. If sin is the separation between you and God, what is causing that? What is causing that? And we get to put it on paper, and we literally get to nail it right to the cross. So I have a lyric video that's going to play right now, and then, uh, uh, and during that time, pray about it. Pray about it. Think about it. Dwell on it just a little bit. And then we're going to have, uh, and then we're going to have two more worship songs where you can still, you can get up and and keep nailing it to the cross. Um, but whatever it is that's tugging your, uh, at your heart tonight, you get to leave it here. When you walk up there, you're going to see two mirrors, the two mirrors. Those are a representation of us recognizing the sin that's in our life. It's the first step, and it's an ugly, hard first step. I get it. I get it. But there's freedom in admitting your sin, and there's joy again in getting to nail it to the cross. Three songs, three more songs of worship, and then we have to head right out that door again, right back into the crazy world, right back in the world that tells you the way you're living is just fine. We have to head right back out in three more songs. And I don't know about you, but tonight I'm leaving a little bit lighter. Tonight I'm a little bit more free and a little bit closer to God, and I hope that you get to do the same. Uh, so tonight, if, if you need somebody to pray with after this time of, of worship, um, the staff are going to be in the back. Um, we want to pray about this. We want to talk about it with you. I love y'all. I'm praying for y'all, and I hope this, uh, I hope this time is as powerful for you as it was for me. Um, if you will, will you pray with me? Dearly Father, sometimes it's, it's fun to talk about your love and your grace and uh, your mercy and the things and the way that you provide for us and the, the blessings that we have. Like, that's, that's fun stuff to talk about, Lord. But tonight we have to talk about something really, really kind of hard, something that you hate. God, we know that you hate sin, but we also know, God, that you love us. And if there's anything that's keeping you from us, it's, uh, it's sin and it's not what you want. So God, I pray tonight for transparency. I pray tonight for openness. I pray tonight for boldness. That people's hearts will be moved and churned and that we will recognize the sin that is in our life. Not to be judged, not to be condemned, but to feel that weight off of our shoulders. To feel the joy that we have again in the cross. Lord, when we look at the cross, we become thankful for the thing that we are, uh, that's most important in our life. And that's your son and what he did on it. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.